Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. I am so delighted to be sharing this time with you today. And I know as I read studies and as I look at science over the course of each week, I am so struck by all the shifts that are happening now and our awareness of the link between what we think, what we feel, what our experiences are, and what happens in our bodies and our lives. And this whole field of epigenetics has come a long way in the last 25 years. 25 years ago, the kind of studies we were looking at in terms of gene expression were if you alter the diet of an animal, it will shift gene expression. That was really exciting to realize that it shift gene expression, which genes are turned on, which genes are turned off, just by an external force like changing diet. Then the research began to show around 2005, 2010, that things like emotion were turning genes on and off. And it's obvious if we have stress, like are worried about something, if we're anxious, if we have negative emotion, it's going to drive our adrenaline high, it's going to drive our cortisol high. So the genes that code for those neurochemicals must be being affected. So we then realized that emotion, that mental states, that mood was driving gene expression as well. And the newest frontier is spirituality and learning that spiritual and ascended and elevated states of emotion also are shifting our bodies in dramatic ways very often. So you see, for example, the research showing that people who are optimistic, people who are altruistic, people who are compassionate, people who are grateful live much longer, not just a year longer, not just five months longer, but in some studies, well over 10 years longer. In fact, Norm Sheeney, with whom I co-authored the book Soul Medicine, Norm Sheeney is the former president, founding president, actually, of the American Holistic Medical Association. And Norm says that if you add all the studies together, that the increment found as a result of these elevated emotional and spiritual states in terms of lifespan, take a deep breath on this number, is 40 years. 40-year difference between the people who are really paying attention to their mental and spiritual states and those that aren't, who are allowing negative thinking, who are allowing all the random emotions that pop up as a result of the news to affect their states. Those people, the difference in lifespan between those two groups is cumulatively, look at all the research, is 40 years. So I'm so grateful you're here. And we know that if you are taking responsibility for your well-being by by meditating, by grounding, by tapping, by reading inspirational books, by filling your life with inspirational media, you're doing wonderful things for your hormones, your neurotransmitters, your enzymes, and eventually all of those little choices you're making every day is resulting in enhanced health and enhanced longevity. So you are here listening to High Energy Health every week for you. And I'm so grateful you are. I just got numbers back from Linda McKenzie, who is the, the, the main person behind behind the station. And she told me that we have about 150 to 250,000 plays every, every week. That's really wonderful. And all those people are tuning in. And then you are one of them. And you are affirming the value of your own health by doing that. So thank you for caring enough about you to take care of your well-being by joining us today with positive media and positive messages. 
My guest today is R.J. Spina. R.J. healed himself of permanent chest down paralysis, severe chronic illness, and other life-threatening conditions through his own authentic transcendence. His teachings, wisdom, and guidance have changed the lives of many people across the globe. He's dedicated himself to freeing and healing of humankind and also of individuals. And RJ, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure, Dawson. So let's start out with your personal healing journey. How did you come to this? And how did your crisis happen? And then how did you shift yourself? Yeah, that, that's the question. Yes. So I would, April 23rd, 2016, I became permanently paralyzed from the chest down requiring uh, life-saving surgery. I had been quite sick for about two months leading up to that. I had been diagnosed with sepsis, type 1 diabetes, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, pancreatitis, thyroiditis. The antibiotics that I was given, I spent two weeks in the hospital prior to April 23rd, about two months earlier. Very powerful antibiotics didn't do the trick. I wound up becoming permanently paralyzed, requiring life-saving surgery. I woke up from emergency surgery, both literally and figuratively. I had awakened into an authentic state of cosmic consciousness. I was in a state of grace as well. I completely remembered how healing actually works. As a child, I used to say, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself, which is obviously a bizarre thing to say. But it was upon awakening from surgery that literally that that veil had been lifted. And I remembered the mechanics of it. I remembered the metaphysics. I remembered the spiritual physics of it. And even in the ICU, I was explaining to the ICU nurse that I would heal myself and I would walk in exactly 100 days. And I told her precisely how I would do it. I then told the surgeon, I told the neurosurgeon, I told the nurses, I told the doctors, I told everyone that I would heal myself, I would walk. And I explained in great detail how I would do it. And all of this is documented. There's videos on my website, it's time stamped. So you can see my healing is not linear at all. Was, you could call it quantum if you want, gigantic leaps that would happen almost overnight. And it, it had to do with what I was able to discover in a higher state of consciousness or remember what was able to bring it out of me because I knew it was in me. And then what I did for myself is what I've been teaching people really since that day. I was even teaching people while I was still in a wheelchair and the 100 days hadn't come up, I was already teaching people. And the book that comes out uh, very shortly is the step-by-step -step process of the Ascend of Frequencies Healing Technique that I used uh from myself and has helped countless people get remarkably better from situations that every form of medicine wasn't able to provide them with. Now, I know the Sufis also talk about that state of grace and the descent of grace. It's a stage in Sufism when you, just by the grace of the universe or the grace of whatever deity you believe in or whatever your metaphysics is, suddenly it just descends on you after which everything is different. And it's kind of a, a well-known, one of three phases in the Sufi spiritual progression. What did that state of grace or that descent of grace or that experience of grace feel like to you? I can only describe it as complete liberation. I, I was totally free. Uh, all ignorance and so-called knowledge were, were seen as the same thing, and they both literally just fell away. Way to describe it. My body was destroyed. I couldn't feel it from the chest down. It was completely non-functional. And yet I was literally completely and totally free. And um, it, these are things that I had always suspected even as a kid when I would sort of, without knowing what I was doing, I would astral project without effort or certainly without teaching. I would do it as a child. So this tangibleness of what the self is of what people use the word soul was tangible for me because I was still inside my body, but I couldn't feel my body and it didn't work. So everything that I had always suspected and kind of knew in my heart came to fruition. And along with that was literally the remembering of the mechanics 
of how healing actually works. And the reason why I couldn't tap into it when I was younger, even though I would actually say that I'd heal myself, it just wasn't time. The need uh, hadn't arisen. And I also think perhaps that I don't think my intellect was developed quite enough to even sort of reverse engineer and explain what it is that, that I have now been able to reverse engineer and explain. And so the need had arisen when I woke up permanently paralyzed and I just, I got to work. I knew it was inevitable. It was absolutely inevitable. I knew it in the deepest part of my being. And all I did was follow the steps, follow the protocols, follow the exercises. And then lo and behold, uh, I'm healthy. So that's just, we do have this inner knowing, this intuition that many of us probably do have these awareness is about how to heal and yet we aren't trained to look inside we're trained to look outside of ourselves for the answers and it's very powerful that you realize you you realize retrospectively that you didn't know a lot of this or had some inkling of this as a child and then of course during that crisis the rubber met the road and you had to apply it yeah there's the the what's really revolutionary about the ascend the frequencies healing technique is that there's no physical interface involved with it so in other words there's no tincture there's no herb there's no shot there's no crystal there's nothing like because when we use a physical interface, we're limited by the energies associated with the physical interface. So therefore, right away, we're tying one hand behind our back in terms of our own healing. So what we can do through the very easy, believe it or not, steps and exercises in the book, because they're all meditations with just a deeper understanding of what is, we are able to harness our own higher consciousness, which has absolutely no limitations whatsoever. I like to say that the higher consciousness is the architect of our form and the chemist of our biology. So when we are in this state of consciousness and we access the state of consciousness, we are literally in that creator consciousness mode, if you will. And we can literally put ourselves back together, which, which I did. And by accessing your own higher consciousness, you're able to command your entire body of energy in a way that we don't do when we're just using the five physical senses and the intellect. Energy is spilling out too much because all of our focus is going outward through our five physical senses. But when you're attuned to your own higher consciousness, your five physical senses are almost put in stasis. They still work, but they're no longer requiring your energy and you're no longer using them to analyze and judge. So by accessing the higher consciousness and completely channeling and harnessing our energy in a way that human beings haven't been taught properly how to do, and now they have, we're able to do things that seemingly are impossible, but they're not. You know, you've given me a really good explanatory framework there for a an approach that is puzzling to people I talk to sometimes, like I was talking to Stephen Kotler recently, a friend of mine, and he's written many books, The Rise of Superman, and his most recent book is called The Art of Impossible. He's been nominated for the Pulitzer Prize twice. He's one of the most brilliant science journalists on the planet. And um, so we were having this this, this dialogue about um, psychoactive, psychoactive substances healing, and some biohackers and bloggers are really into this right now. Tim Ferriss is putting a lot of money into this. He's experimenting with it. With it. He's his nonprofit. So helping fund research into psychedelic drugs for healing trauma. And um, I just never had any interest in, in drugs. And then like Mikey Siegel with the Transformational Technologies, Stanford focuses very much on trans tech, on brain stimulation devices, brain computer interfaces, transcranial uh, stimulation devices. And a lot of these actually are really effective. In fact, they're much more effective often than um, than than drugs and surgery. These energy devices are. But it's interesting that, that Stephen and I basically just have no interest in either the devices or the plant medicine, the compounds, the ayahuasca and the ecstasy and all the 
the other kinds of uh, things. And we're really focused on what we can do with consciousness. And and we just believe that that consciousness really really holds the key. And the explanation you just, just gave, which is that if we are focusing on either a plant medicine or a drug or a mechanical device, we're limited by the energy of that device. It's a really interesting lens through to see why it's so worth focusing on consciousness as the great healer. Yeah, it, everything is consciousness. Consciousness is the is the portal. It is the wormhole. It is the one that's in the all and the all that's in the one. The self, from esoteric terms, we use the word soul sometimes, but the self, or what I call sentience, which is the divine intelligence, is whole and complete as it is. It's not lacking anything. In fact, we could even say, tangibly, I can tell you that it's a direct fractal of God. It's not our source, creator, whatever word you want to use. It is not lacking anything. We are all completely self-contained. Everything that we need is literally within us, but it is not within our intellect because the intellect is only formed through the data stream of the five physical senses. And the five physical senses are only attuned to a very limited and narrow bandwidth. So therefore, we're missing out on well over 99.9997% of what actually exists in the greater reality, including your own higher consciousness. So we have to sort of leave behind what I call body consciousness, which is five sensory perceptions in the intellect, in order to heal the body. We have to go, we could say, higher into higher states of consciousness or literally higher frequencies to where the form and function of a human being is actually put together. And when you're able to access that, which I know sounds difficult, but it isn't because we're already connected to it. We're already a part of it. We have simply reduced ourselves to body consciousness, which is the five physical senses and the intellect. When we utilize these meditations and these techniques, what we're doing is we're accessing what has given birth to the intellect and the human form. And now you're at a creator type level. This is true, authentic self-mastery. And it is only done through your own higher consciousness. And this is ancient. I have simply remembered and through the experience or the need for, <laughs> for this to come back to me, it had all come back, but I knew it was there. And everyone, and I mean it, everyone can do this. We have just been horribly, horribly miseducated. We're going in the right direction with some of these substances and technologies, but and there's efficacy with those things. For sure, there is, because we're getting past the five physical senses and the intellect, which is why there's efficacy there. But there is a massive limitation in that, and your higher consciousness has absolutely no limitation. So the key is to simply to be able to tap into it and then harness yourself properly, and that's what this book teaches. If somebody was, was to have, say, one of your close friends was to talk to you today and then talk to the 2015 edition, RJ 1.0. <laughs> so now talking to RJ 2.0 and RJ 1.0, would they perceive you as being the same person? Well, that's such, that is such a great question. And it's kind of a running joke. The one guest I had when I was in the rehab for a couple of months was a Chinese medicine specialist. And he witnessed and participated. He wrote the forward for the book. Uh, he witnessed and participated in this in absolutely impossible healing. Not impossible at all. It's actually physics. And he said that there was a tangible difference. And he literally used, it's funny, Dawson, that you said that. He said there was RJ 1.0 and there was RJ 2.0. And as I started working with myself 
in this way, in this authentically enlightened way, aspects of myself started to change. What didn't change is I love to laugh. Uh, I like to have a good time. All of these things are still the same, but what had happened is my receptivity and bandwidth had greatly increased. And I was simply able to access things within the greater reality, as well as within my own higher consciousness in a way that I was automatically tapped into. Instead of saying, oh, let me go in my room and close the door and meditate for 45 minutes. It, it was more, much more instantaneous, more clear cognizance and clear sentience in an instantaneous fashion. So there really was an RJ 1.0 and an RJ 2.0, <laughs> but it's simply just more of the real me and less of the human persona. Yeah. And again, I'm translating this in some Sufi terms, just because I'm aware of the Sufi tradition. And Sufis talk about the death of self. And so the old self dies. Another guest we just had on talks about transformation through trauma or transformation through turmoil and has a lot of stories of people who had instantaneous transformations, like within a few minutes, within a day. And often it was at a time of turmoil or great sickness, great disease, great crisis in their lives. And then they were able to shift very quickly. And it was literally like the 1.0 version died. And then the 2.0 version could step in and be visible after the 1.0 version had disappeared. But the 2.0 version couldn't actually be there until the death of the ego in Sufi terms or the death of the, the 1.0 version, or at least the diminution of it enough for 2.0 to shine through. So we'll come back after a break and talk more about you, 1.0, you, 2.0. If you'd like to know more about RJ's work, go to his website, ascendthefrequencies.com. Again, that's Ascend the frequencies.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and each week on the show, I bring you the latest in health, healing, and science. For more on RJ's work and also information about his upcoming book, go to his website, ascendthefrequencies.com, ascendthefrequencies.com. For a free copy of my new book, Bliss Brain, go to blissbrain.com. And at blissbrain.com, besides the book for free, you'll also get eight free meditations. I really recommend you do that because MRI studies are showing that people who do those meditations for a month, just do them for a month, takes about 20 minutes a day, have substantial shifts in both the function and structure of their brains in really interesting and positive ways. So this material really can change your brain and change your body. You'll get that book for free at blissbrain.com. And then again, for more on RJ's work and his new book, go to ascendthefrequencies.com. RJ, also, have you made a full and complete recovery physically? Yeah, there's there's no indication of uh, paralysis. I do have some, I would say, numbness in my left foot, but you would not know that. I walk, I jog, I do everything normal. Uh, the other health issues, the chronic issues, uh, type 1 diabetes, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, I say that those issues have been resolved, and I use that word uh, different than healing. So I no longer take any medication for anything uh, because those issues have been resolved. But I make the point of stating that if I started to change my diet or if I, I started to go, we'll say, in the wrong direction, 
I'm quite sure that I would need some form of medication to balance it. So rather, I use what I call eternal discipline, and uh-huh. I and I do not stray from that. And therefore, I am completely unmedicated, and all those issues have been resolved. While I would say that the paralysis has been healed. That's wonderful. And during the break, we were just talking about how so many people don't believe this is possible for them, and they live in some small box of limitation for their whole lives. Like if they get a, a diagnosis like Hashimoto's, they say, I have Hashimoto's. That's a fact. A person in a white coat told me that. It must be true. <laughs> so they enact they enact that story their whole lives or type 1 diabetes, whatever it might be. I was just, just reading a story actually about type 2 diabetics that was published in, in a scientific journal this last week, showing that a, a fairly large percentage of them recover they just change their diet, they change their thinking, and they recover. So, so many diseases, we don't have to live in that little box. And what you're showing us here is we really can not have to live in the box. We really can blow up those boxes. And of course, it it takes letting go of that old self and finding that 2.0 version of ourselves, trusting it and living from it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I talk a great deal in the beginning of the book on what I call the ego mind identity, or the EMI. Okay, the EMI is the the story that we tell ourselves and the, the character that we create, the human persona. And this is really the accumulation of all of our identifications, our identifications with the form factor, the body, our identifications with beliefs, concepts, ideologies, and so-called knowledge, which is simply justified beliefs. So the ego mind identity is the accumulation of things that are actually not you, right? So when we come down here, the conditioning or the loss in consciousness by the drop in, in frequency and dimension we lose connection with ourselves. We lose that sort of that higher state of consciousness that we're normally in when we're disincarnate. And so because we lose that, we don't know how we got here, what we're doing here, what we're supposed to, what we're supposed to do and who we are at all. So instead of figuring that out by going inward, we replace it with stories and beliefs. And these stories and beliefs and concepts and ideologies actually have nothing to do with your true essence yourself because they come well after. You exist way before any of these things actually existed. And so by trying to attune yourself to these things outside of yourself simply throws off your body. And another way to look at it is that whatever conceptualized reality that we create for ourselves, our body has the tangible experience of that. That is the mind-body connection in, in one sentence. So when we start to understand that, we're able to sort of move past that. And that's why the the breaking down of the ego mind identity, and this is what people call liberation or self-realization. It's physics. It can be done. It's a repeatable process as is self-healing. So we have to let go of the 1.0 version, which is really not you. Those are just the accumulation of your identifications. That's all they are. But what you are comes way before any identification that you've gone from here. You're not from here. So to make yourself part of this place lowers your frequency and it throws off your own divine perfect programming of self-repair and self-realization. So instead you lower your own frequency. All disharmony comes from disharmonious thought patterns. So it's the conceptualized reality that we create for ourselves is what then affects our body. So by letting go of these things, and one way to do it, as Dawson, as you were just talking about, meditation is proven to change your DNA to repair your cells. Well, it only stands to reason that profoundly more powerful meditation 
only greatly enhances the efficacy of your healing by an order of magnitude that human beings do not have access to yet. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to change that. Absolutely. And uh, when you do find that old self dropping away, then that new self who you were before all those stories came into being is able to be revealed. RJ, I know you aren't an avid Sufi, but the Sufis would like everything you're saying because they have a, one of their other stages is the death of the ego when the ego literally dies. And they recommend you do that. Medieval monks used to sometimes live in graveyards. There's a picture of St. Francis of Assisi living with a skull, taking a skull to have in his, his monastic cells. Like, why would this guy have a, set, a, a skull in his, his cell? That's because they wanted to remind themselves of the death of the external ego so that the, the, the that identity of, of who they really are could shine through. And so many people, again, just invest in this identity, look for support for it from, from the outside. When it's sick, try to heal it. Stay keeping it in place. And what you're saying is that when you let that go, do that, have that ego death, then who you really are can really be be liberated. We're gonna go to a break in just a moment here, but just in a if you were just to give people like a one minute tip to start to put a crack in that shell of me 1.0, what would that statement be? Oh, I'm glad you asked that, Lawson. Yes. <laughs> okay. So so what I what I've done with the book and courses and things is so now I call these things magic tricks, okay? And and that's because they are real magic. They completely shift your energy, okay? And this is really the key. So we have to get the energy out of the mental body because once the energy is in the mental body, it's just the story that we tell ourselves, which is the ego mind identity limitation program. It runs by thinking, okay? So how do we stop that in a very fast, repeatable, robust way? So here's one magic trick that everyone can do right now. And actually, you'll feel it tangibly what happens. So it's very simple. Pretend that you just arrived here. No past, no future. Wow. That's one to conjure with in any moment. So that's what you can apply anytime. Mm -hmm. Please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. I'd love to have you share more of these ideas with us, both today and every week at the same time. And to find out more about RJ's work, go to his website, Ascend the frequencies.com ascend the frequencies.com we'll be right back after a break hello and welcome back to high energy health I am your enthusiastic and high-energy host, Dawson Church, and I love sharing with you. I just love doing this every week. It is my joy and delight. I also want to let you know that I'm going to be going on a three-month retreat. I go on a retreat every year, usually for one to three months. I do one retreat usually in, in the Northern Hemisphere winter, another one, briefer one in the summer. And so I have asked three of my colleagues to guest host for me during that time, Karina, Moselle, and Mariam. You'll get to know them well. And they are amazing human beings. They're trainers for EFT Universe. So we have a whole series of shows coming up by the three of them. And they're going to totally blow you away about who, who they are, what they know about healing, and the way they share from, from their hearts and who they are. So just make sure you stay tuned for those shows. They're a whole different energy from me. Uh, they're much younger than me. They're, they're way more fun than me as well. <laughs> I'm a serious scientist. I look at everything through an empirical lens. 
They're a lot more fun. You'll have a great time with the three, three of them. So please do support them. And uh, you'll have a really rich time as you listen to those shows and you tune to that information they give you. For more on Andre's work, go to his website, ascendfrequencies.com, ascendthefrequencies.com. And for a copy of my new book, This Brain, go to the website, blissbrain.com. Make sure as well as getting the book there, you download the eight meditations. They're free. And we're showing an MRI research, they change the structure and function of two important parts of the brain. So you really want the benefit of all those shifts in your brain and your neuro neurological functioning. And that's thisbrain.com. I'm so intrigued by this whole idea of letting go of the self we think we are, and then tuning in to the self we might be and a version of self not constructed of what's in front of us right now. And of course, most of us are doing that all the time. We're just rebuilding ourselves based on on the sense of who we are we've had all our lives. It's just built over, over the course of a lifetime, and most people never think to question it. And that magic trick you just gave us of saying to yourself, I just arrived here. No past, no future. Who am I? I know that meditators often have that experience when they come back from meditation. They finish the meditation and you wake up and think, uh, what planet is this? Oh, this is a body. Okay. How does this thing work? Oh, this is an arm. And <laughs> it's disorienting. Actually, you know, at the end of each meditation, we actually have people say to themselves, okay, what time of day is it? What season is it? Let's find something in the room that's orange, gold, green, brown, big, small, triangular. You really have to reorient people to the here and now because you can get pretty far out there when you're in that altered state. Yes, uh, you, you can, for sure. One of the things that I, that I think is interesting, Dawson, and this, this also might even be interesting for yourself too, is that sometimes we create a sort of a, a dualistic nature within ourself. Okay, actually, we do it all the time. But even in terms of meditating, and then when we say coming out of the meditation, so I know this is, and I understand when we're in much higher states of consciousness, I tangibly understand these things. And we have to reorient ourselves to the lower frequencies and being inside of a body. But I would say this, don't orient yourself too much. Because as you orient yourself too much, you start to drop down back into body consciousness. And then that higher state of awareness is totally gone. And then we only sort of go back to that upon our sort of exclusive meditation. It's like, I'm going to be my little human character for 23 and a half hours. And then for these next 30 minutes, I'm going to meditate and experience my higher consciousness. So what I've found with people is that do the work, do the meditations that are in the book, because they're completely revolutionary meditations. But when you quote unquote, come back, don't completely drop your frequency. Don't completely co drop the connectivity to your own higher consciousness and your expanded state of awareness. The body is going to do what it needs to do because it's attuned to these frequencies here and you are temporarily merged with the body. So in that sense, we don't have to overcompensate by reattuning ourselves here. We want to stay connected. We want to maintain being as wide a channel as possible all the time. That way, the information or the wisdom or the love, all of it, can constantly flow through you on a perpetual state. People call this channeling, okay? There is a way to live this way and still be able to function here. I, I promise you. So we don't want to cut too much off. And when we cut too much off, I think we actually start to create the dualistic nature of the ego mind identity and our own super consciousness. There is some, we do have to uh, bring ourselves back here, so to speak. But at the same time, we don't have to completely cut off this expanded state of awareness. 
And when you're importing that expanded state of awareness into your everyday life, then you find you have creativity, you have productivity. In my book, Mind to Matter, I talk about studies showing that people's productivity at work, when they're in that state, goes up fivefold, not 5% or 50%, 500% when you're in that state. So you're definitely a changed human being in the real world as well. Yeah, I think we want to be who we really are all the time. And so what we really are is formless, free, and unconditioned, okay? The ego mind identity is literally the polar opposite of that. So we want to be ourself all the time, the self. And then you want to realize the self, self-realization, right? That's really what this is, to understand what you really are. This is just a vehicle. That's all this is. And the vehicle has these five senses that's attuned to a very narrow band with the frequencies. And that's what feeds your intellect. It's minuscule. We are so much more than this. And these teachings and what I've done with myself and what I've taught other people to do is literally proof that we are so much more than this because what we're doing is, is breaking the mold of what everyone says is possible. Everyone told me in the hospital rehab that I was attempting to do, very well-meaning, educated people who only had my best interests at heart, all told me what I was doing was insane, that it was absolutely impossible, that I was delirious or I was so overly optimistic because I, I hadn't accepted the fact that I was a paraplegic. So they were completely wrong. And I didn't take any of it on board. I didn't identify with anything that they said, and therefore it had no effect on me. So please remember that everyone who's listening, do not identify with, with what people are telling you. That's just a story. And by the way, it's their story. It has nothing to do with you. Also, you need to have a pretty strong core to do that because we're energy beings or energies are interacting with other people. I know that I can, I can say, be in a room full of traumatized people like I did healing circles at Walter Reed with, with warriors of PTSD. And you're in a room full of people who are severely traumatized. And so I can be in those, those rooms of people. And I'm just totally fine because that knowledge of who I am is really strong. But RJ, there's one person to whom I'm completely not impervious. I'm porous. That's my wife. So in our little closed energy circle, uh, we have to be so careful that we don't bring in adverse energies. I feel off in some way. I, I just won't interact with her for a while. I'll, I'll take a walk or something like that. I'll, I'll make it my own my own thing because we, we are in this in this energetic conversation with other people around us all the time. And it's so important to learn to believe we are that and believe we are more and then not buy the view of us that's limited that other people have many of us are being so affected energetically by people around us when that when you give permission for that that 2.0 version of yourself to be absolutely strong and you're standing in it and that is simply who you are then you find that you're impervious to all the all the stuff all the weird stuff going on around you and that that really becomes who you are we have to go to a break right now so please stay tuned again go to rj's website and find out more about his work about his book his website is ascendthefrequencies.com. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to High Energy Health, and I am so delighted to have you here. If you'd like to know more about RJ's work, please go to his website, which is ascendthefrequencies.com. Ascendthefrequencies.com. If you'd like a copy of my new book, This Brain, 
go to blissbrain.com. If you've read Blissbrain and would like to do me a real service, go and review it on whatever place you bought it. Just just leave a review. Those reviews really make a huge difference. I know my earlier book, Mind to Matter, now has over 1,500 five-star reviews on Amazon. When you get to that point, it just perpetuates. Those, Those reviews really are important. They let other people know that this is a worthwhile read and you then share the wealth of everybody. So do whatever authors you read and you like, leave them a review. It's a concrete thing you can do. And again, RJ's website is ascendthefrequencies.com. For Bliss Brain, go to the website blissbrain.com. RJ, I'd love to move into the level of practices for the end of our time together and what people can do in concrete terms to catalyze this. So here you are, you're a 1.0 person. You hardly believe a 2.0 version of you exists, let alone you can live that <laughs> live with that frequency. You're, you're, you're a skeptic. You're listening to Dawson babbling away and RJ talking about these other states of awareness that we can be before we, we became this limited self and this limited body and mind with these limited senses. And so you're skeptical. Do you think, Man, I got a job, I got a mortgage, I got three screaming kids. (laughs) How can this be real for me? What's the advice you give a person in that state? For me, real spirituality is is to be applied in our everyday life. So uh, it's not so much that we have to be the human condition all day long with the job and the kids and the wife and this and that, and then try to find 20 minutes or a half hour to go meditate and there's my spirituality. You can be who you really are all the time. And I think this is really what true spirituality really is, is that it should be applicable 24-7, not just when you're by yourself meditating or when you're on your retreat. It should be a a state, an elevated state of being, an elevated state of self-awareness. Your connectivity, your calmness, your communion, and your clarity should be online all the time. And if it's not online all the time, there are very simple things that we can do to remove all the energy that is running on repeat within the mental body and the emotional body. One of those things is what we did before is pretend you just arrived here, no past, no future. Now all of a sudden you're fully present, mind goes blank. You may even feel a surge of joy when that happens because that's the real you. That's the soul coming online. You almost feel like you want to laugh or smile immediately. That's the real you. There's another thing that I I say to people, another very simple real magic trick is to, and it sounds funny, and probably everything I say sounds funny, but it sounds funny on the surface, but just just go with me for a second. Just pretend that everything is a boring movie. Now, the reason why this is important, okay, is because we we all know what it's like to watch a boring movie. We're disengaged. We don't care. We're not caught up, right? We're not going for a ride. Okay. In order for us to get all of our energy back and feel centered and present, we actually do have to have all of our energy back. And one way to do that, as funny as it sounds, is to simply pretend everything is a boring movie. Now, when you do that for a second, number one, you stop thinking, which I think is also interesting. And number two, as you practice this and you become more attuned to yourself, you'll actually feel your energy return to you. Because when we watch a movie that we're all caught up in, metaphysically, Our attention is on the screen and attention is energy. So we are literally attached to what is going on on the screen, literally attached. And these things are, we can see these things, by the way, not with these eyes, 
but this eye can see it. So our energy is actually attached to what's going on on screen. And then whatever happens on screen, because we're attached, we go for the ride. We get the chills and the thrills and the spills of whatever's happening on that screen because energetically, metaphysically, we are literally attached through identification what is going on. So you no longer have control over your life when you are attached to things. Whatever you're attached to has control over your life. So please understand this metaphysical truth. So one way, one simple way to transcend this is pretend everything is a boring movie. Because what happens instead of the attachment and being all caught up in your life out of control, it's a boring movie. Your energy returns to you. The detachment occurs. It is severed. The energetic link is severed. Now all your energy comes back to you. Energy is power. Now you have the energy to follow through on your intentionality and create the life that is actually reflective of the real you. Mm. Powerful. Yeah, that's also stepping back. Um, the head of adult development at Harvard, the former head of that department said that they, they call that at Harvard making the subject object shift mm -hmm. rather than being embedded in your awareness and seeing yourself as being in your body and in your mind. You see yourself objectively. You see yourself from above, from outside of yourself. And you have the subject object relationship to yourself. So you are the object of your scrutiny which makes you aware that you aren't that there's a subject beyond the physical self. And he said, uh, his name is Robert Keegan. He said that step of all the personal growth tools that are available to us is the single most important one for transformation. He said, if you can make the subject object shift by whatever means, what means, whatever kind of technique you use, if you can make that, you transform. If you don't make that, no matter what else you do, you're stuck. Yeah, absolutely right. And we're starting to bring this into everyday use and everyday language. And that's why the Ascend of Frequencies Healing Technique is revolutionary, because we're taking these higher metaphysical truths and translating them down into pretend everything is a boring movie, pretend you just arrived here in the past or future. The book is filled with these, and make no mistake, these are real magic tricks that completely shift your energy that completely change your consciousness. And these are the things that were unlocked that allowed me to literally unparalyze myself, completely put a destroyed and ravaged body back together. And it's the same teachings that other people have used to put themselves back together when they couldn't get better. And make no mistake, the correlation between self-healing and self-realization, authentic self-realization is real. There's a symbiotic relationship in there and it is physics. It's pure physics. It's not spiritual woo-woo or a bunch of nonsense. It's actual physics. When you start to understand sentience, what we really are, and energy, and then vibration and frequency, there is literally nothing, nothing that we can't do. And please use this, these teachings, this book, to free yourself of your suffering, to free yourself of your pain, to free yourself of your own ego mind identity, and use my incarnation to liberate yourself once and for all. Yeah, we do have this incarnation. We are here, and what we do, what we choose, how we use it is so so important. I'm I'm so uh, aware of people, RJ, who defer that into a future time. They say, "Oh, once I have more leisure time, once the kids are grown, uh, once I finish college, once I get my degree, once I move to Colorado, once I retire, 
I'll get on with the whole self-transformation thing. I'll, I'll be fulfilled then. And wow. That is that is a trick of the ego mind identity. Yeah. In, order, in order for it to stay in control of the consciousness, it defers everything. It, it cannot handle now. So everything for the ego mind identity is a past or a future. And so you'll know tangibly when you're caught by your own ego mind identity is when you have no power over the now. You are simply pulled to the past or pulled into a future. This is what we must transcend. And bring yourself to the present moment. Because once you bring yourself to the present moment, through any one of these magic tricks, or through any way that you want, I don't care if you stand on your head, if it brings you to the present moment. But once you're in the present moment, now you can create your life the way that it, it resonates within you. But if it's about the past or the future, this is your tangible proof. The ego mind identity has a hold of you. Absolutely. We can see that in brain function, that the part of the mind that plans for the future to avoid having pain that's focused on past pain and how to avoid it. It's the mid prefrontal cortex, and uh, it's highly active in most people. It's more active in people who are anxious and depressed, in yogis, in Franciscan nuns, in other adepts. It just shut down, and they don't have that part of the, the, the brain active. They aren't thinking about the future or the past. They're totally in the present, and then that prefrontal cortex just, just goes dark. It's wonderful to see that, wonderful that real, to realize real people can learn those techniques and have that that not just experiential shift, but also that shift in brain function that makes it all possible. I'm grateful for you and your work. I know this is gonna reach many people. Thank you so very much for being here. Thanks for what you do. And thanks for articulating this so powerfully as you've stepped into your your, your version of, of RJ 2.0, and then you're showing that and sharing that with other people. I know it'll have a huge amount of impact. So thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Dawson. It's truly my pleasure. Thank you. And then please come back and be with us again on High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. See you next time. Till then, be healthy, be happy. 